Welcome to African Catholic Voices, a podcast service of the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. My name is Father Stan Chu Ilo. I'm your host today. The African Catholic Voices is a forum where we bring in important voices from the continent of Africa, religious men and women, members of the clergy, the laity, to speak on matters of interest, especially from the perspective of our Catholic doctrine, Catholic practices, and Catholic social teaching. And today, I am delighted to have as my conversation partner, Sister Teresa Wamuyu Wachera. And Sister, welcome to African Catholic Voices. Thank you, Stan. I'm Sister Wamuyu Teresia Wachera, a member of the Loreto Sisters, born, living, and working in Nairobi, Kenya. I am a senior lecturer in the Faculty of Social Sciences, Peace and Conflict Studies at St. Paul's University, also the co-president of Pax Christi International, mm -hmm. a global faith-based peace movement of 120 member organizations. That's wonderful, sister. You have a very interesting biography and history as a president of Pax Christi International, an organization that devotes her time 24 hours trying to promote a world of peace, justice, and abundant life, where people love each other, where conflicts are reduced to manageable level, even totally eliminated, so that God's people can live in peace. So we will really gain a lot from your experience as a global peace advocate. But as you know, there is a war going on right now in Ukraine. So why do you think there is this interest in this conflict? Whereas there have been wars going on in Africa, the recent one and the most serious is the one going on in Ethiopia. So I really like to know what you think about this interest. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be interest in Ukraine, but I am also arguing that there has been less interest in conflicts here in the continent of Africa. Yes, Stan, I agree with you. There seems to be a lot of interest in the war in Ukraine and also when we have had global wars. And I remember when I made a statement, we made a statement as Pax Christi International, when we had the war in Tigris, Ethiopia, and also in other parts of Africa, but we didn't get the same interest. For example, there have been some fights in Ituri, DRC, and I kept asking myself, why are we not seeing about these wars? And my take on this is that wars that are fought using weapons of mass destruction seem to get more attention even internationally, and sometimes this gets energy in the local, the different parts of Africa. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. the wars within Africa, even though they are as devastating, because they are fought using the small arms and light weapons, they don't seem to come to the international agenda. And I think that is the reason why we tend to see these other wars and get engaged in them. While actually the wars in Africa, 
from what I have been studying and doing research on are actually as deadly as those in the global world, like the, similar to the one in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I would also say that equally, our leaders, our African leaders, who also, some of them sit as non-permanent members in the Security Council, I mean, I think they need to be more visible in their voices, equally the African scholars, to bring to the fore Africa and the atrocities that are happening in Africa through the violent conflicts there, especially using the small arms. So I, I believe that it is the African themselves that need to bring this agenda to the fore as well. And of course, this then can be picked by the international community. Thank you very much, Sister Wamuyo. And that takes us to the next question. The UN resolution passed against Russia, the invasion of Ukraine, did not receive a lot of support from Africa. Almost half of the countries of Africa either voted against the resolution against Russia or abstained. And just this morning, the former president of South Africa, Jacob Zuma, came out publicly to support Putin. So why this division among African countries? Is it that they don't see the suffering in Ukraine or is it that they have something against the West for a lot of what some people see as hypocrisy and their very failed policies in the continent of Africa? Personally, I would say see it as due to relationship and national interest, as well as the influence. Like depending on how a country in Africa relates with Russia, you notice the voting pattern. I was interested to see who voted for, against, and abstained. Mm -hmm. And I noticed the, the countries that are non-permanent members in the Security Council voted for. I mean, they were for. While some countries like Tanzania, I noticed that they abstained, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Uganda the same, and South Africa, and some were right out and no. But when I went, I tried to understand why. I saw that a lot of those countries are gaining from Russia, and especially getting the arms, the arms trade. For instance, in the year 2016 to 2020, 30% mm -hmm. of the arms that went to Sub-Saharan Africa were from Russia. Mm -hmm. So I think there is also that fear of sanctions. If Russia decides to sanction the states that have voted against them, then it could have implication in terms of their trading arms and also, I suppose, other trades that they are doing. So I would say a lot has to do with how they are relating. The other reason I would say is that Russia has been warming up to Africa. Because, for instance, in 2019, Russia, for the first time, had the African summit with the heads of states. Mm -hmm. And in that meeting, Russia was trying to say it's going to respect the sovereignty of the state, it's going to respect the territory boundaries, and like it had like goodies for Africa. So I mm -hmm. think because it was beginning to warm up as other countries like the UK, the US, China, so I think in that way they have to tread carefully. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think it's more is to do with the, the relationships. And obviously, for future, how do they relate? Should they say no? What happens? So a lot of them I chose to abstain.
Dear friends, you are listening to African Catholic Voices, a podcast service of the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. And my conversation partner today is the co-president of Pax Christi International, Sister Teresa Wamuyu Washira. And Sister Wamuyu has been speaking about the need for peace in the world. She has called Africans to become advocates for peace, to speak up against the wars in the continent of Africa, and to speak up against any violation of territorial integrity of nations for a peaceful world. And sister, you've been talking about what I call the weaponization of Africa. I didn't know that 30% of the weapons we have in the continent of Africa came from Russia. And we know also that we have Russian mercenaries now fighting in Central African Republic, for instance, in Mali, for instance. And it seems that Africa is becoming a place for proxy wars. It looks like we are going back to the um, Cold War times when Africa was divided between the East and the West. It seems like Africa is becoming a playground and always a playground for these issues among these powers. So this weaponization that you just pointed out, how can we have a weapon-free Africa? Because there are people who are benefiting from these wars. I think every war is also being prosecuted for commercial interest as well, among other things, because people are selling their weapons. People are selling these light or heavy ammunition or weapons of mass destruction. So what do you think about this weaponization of Africa that you pointed out? This is a big challenge. Yes, I agree with you, Stan. It is a big challenge because as you have pointed out, Africa seems to become not only the playground, but also the place where arms are being brought in and out. And currently I'm researching on small arms and light weapons and quite a number of countries engage in this. Mm -hmm. And therefore, while Africa is suffering poverty, lack of necessary facilities like medical care, even feeding its own people is a problem. A lot of money is being diverted to look at the budgets in Africa how much of that is put into arms. And there is a video we produced at Pax Christie, and we have shown how much a nuclear weapon costs, for instance, and mm-hmm. how much that money could be, if it was used on medical care, how mm-hmm. many people to do it. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same, if we were to do the same video or some research on small arms, mm-hmm. it would translate like that in Africa, where mm-hmm. you look at, at one arm, how much it costs, and maybe how much money it would be, and how would that translate in terms of healthcare, in terms of education. Mm-hmm. So what we are calling on the government to do, the African leaders, is to divert or put that money that they are budgeting for or small arms, light weapons, or armory, mm-hmm. to put it towards education and healthcare. And I think... The African leaders need to also listen to the people. What are the needs of the people? I don't think if they are listening to the people, people will be talking about them putting that amount of money to 
to arms, I think what people would be saying, can you put that to my medical care? Can mm-hmm. you put that money towards my child's schooling? And so mm-hmm. on. So I believe that war, irrespective of where it is being fought, you know, we need to speak loud and clear that the treaties that are being put in place, the declaration itself of human rights is very clear that the first interest is the rights of the people the human mm-hmm. rights of the people. Mm-hmm. And war does not do that. Putting money on weapons does not do that. In fact, it violates the very basic of what that declaration is. And African leaders have signed to that. And many other charters where they have signed. And yet we see that lack of respect, even integrity of states, because you have arms moving from one place to another. And I can tell you that those arms are coming in and Africa is also being used as a way out, you mm-hmm. know, from one mm-hmm. country to another. Yes. Thank Yet you very the much. World we are talking about here. Thank you very much, Sister Wamuyo. I know that you are a co-president of Pax Christi and your organization is working hard throughout the world to put an end to war. Mm-hmm. You are saying to the world, lay down your arms put down the guns, eliminate nuclear weapons. Let us have a peaceful world. Now, there has been a lot of global responses to this. The war in Ukraine, the war in Ethiopia, the Pope this morning is sending two cardinals to Ukraine. We'd like to know from your own experience, your wisdom, advocating for peace, What should be the right response? Because the response has been mixed. So there are some, like in Africa, who support Putin. And also in Russia itself and in Ukraine itself, some people are saying the religious leaders are not speaking out, that religious leaders and some religions are complicit in every war by blessing the weapons or supporting the fighting sides. And this has always been a problem. So really, we'd like to know in this concluding part, what would be the best response to situations of war in Africa, in Ukraine, and anywhere? Yes, my first response is first to have a basis, an argument first, that war and any other form of violence has never and will never create peace. And that has been researched that the more wars we have, the more we create them. And therefore, I'm saying that we can never have justification for war. I know there has been in traditions that, you know, the theories we talk about, the just war theories and all that. But studies have shown these days that that does not apply anymore. And whether it even applied those times, but now it doesn't. Because the more we see wars, the more we see violence in response to more violence, then we have discovered it doesn't create peace. So first of all, as a faith-based organization, and I would say the same to any religious leaders that we have, because people look up to the leaders because they have permanence, therefore they have authority Mm -hmm. to speak and do. The first is prayer and then non-violence as a way of life and doing that if we have to respond, we have to encourage our people to use Nonviolent ways, which leads us back to the gospel. The mm-hmm. gospel 
Yeah, mm -hmm. Jesus' nonviolent ways of addressing violence. Therefore, we advocate for dialogue and peaceful means to conflict resolution. And we encourage the political leaders to use legitimate means because they are there. The legitimate means are there for peaceful resolution, for example, diplomacy. And I think that's what the Pope is asking. Can they be diplomatic, speak about things, speak about issues? Because what war does, it doesn't affect the leader as it does affect the civilians. It brings destruction of, of lives, I mean, loss of life, destruction of uh, amenities, destruction of infrastructure. So it destroys people in the process. So it can never be a solution. Then also to recognize that we do have authority in the UN Security Council and other international bodies that have laid out protocols that we need, we have also as countries signed to, we need to respect that. And all of us, individuals and groups, should speak out about any violations of these international laws. And therefore, as Pax Christi would advocate for dialogue, mediation, hearing of grievances, and in the case of Ukraine, that Russia withdraws its troops. We support the UN Secretary General and all other voices asking Russia to withdraw and any other leaders that are interfering with other people's freedom. Mm -hmm. We need to recognize the dignity of ordinary people and we need to allow them to exercise their freedom. And I end with that, with that part of the gospel that where Jesus came, that we may all have life and have it more abundantly. And that's what we should be supporting you know, these different debates about whether wars should be permissible or not permissible. You know, the first thing is, do they bring abundant life? My take is it doesn't. Thank you very much, Sister Wamuyu, for your wisdom. And we thank the good Lord for the gift of your life, for your courageous witness to the gospel of nonviolence and peace and abundant life. In terms of going forward as a closing statement from here is my own experience of being born after the civil war in my country nigeria the biafran war i grew up seeing the devastation of war so many family members were killed the scars left by that war still remain now you follow in the news that there are africans who are now signing up to go to fight in Ukraine as mercenaries. And I asked one of my charges in Nigeria why he thinks that his friend is signing up. He said his friend said, well, in Ukraine, they will give me a permanent residence. And then the question he asked his friend, what if you died? And his friend said, well, living in Nigeria today is just like dying. And the recruitment is going on. Senegal this morning asked the Ukrainian embassy to put down the uh, notice of recruitment. The fact that so many of our young men are willing to go and die, not because they believe in war, but because they feel that they're already living in a very wretched condition that is akin to a war situation is quite shocking. But it's not about fighting. What we need to do today 
is to fight injustice, to fight evil, to fight human suffering, to fight hunger and starvation, to fight ecological crisis. This earth that God has given to us, as you point out to us, Sister Wamuyu, is a garden that we should cultivate in love and create these conditions for abundant life, which is human and cosmic flourishing. So you give us a message of peace and something that we all need to think about in this time of Lent, a time of conversion, where we should learn to return to God, to return to love and put down our weapons. And that goes down deep into the heart where all these thoughts of war, bitterness, resentment, nationalism, ideologies, racism, and the idols of money. These are all the things destroying us and fear. So we'll give you the last word, Sister Wamuyu, your message of peace to the world and your prayer for peace to conclude our conversation today. Yes, my message is that our leaders need to give hope to our young people. And giving hope means that they live honestly. They try to create a country that is free of corruption because the young people have aspirations. They look up to their leaders to show the way. And I believe African countries are quite rich. And I believe if the resources are shared equally and if there is accountability and transparency, mm -hmm. then our young people will not be saying some of those words I've heard you, which are very disheartening, that they are going somewhere because their own country has not given them the aspiration to life, has not looked at their potential. So I would call on our leaders to know that they were chosen by the people because the people believe in them and the young people are looking up to them to give them hope. And I believe when that is done, we will not have young people wanting to run away from their country because young people do love their country and have a lot of potential to develop their countries. And you look at all the different countries, look at the DRC, rich with minerals, look at even my own country, Kenya, so rich. Look at Nigeria, name them. We have all what we need, but we need leaders that are credible. And that's what my prayer would be, that our leaders may live up to the core and that they may respond to what our people expect of them. So my prayer is a prayer for peace. So let's pray. Creator God, you are the mother and the father of all creation. You love all irrespective of their gender, class, the country of their birth. You are deserve all of us is that you may have life and have it more abundantly. During this season of Lent, we come before you to plead and intercede for our people who are experiencing wars and violent conflicts from north to south, east to west. Come, O caring and compassionate loving God. Cleanse our land from the blood of wars and violent conflicts. May the laughter of children be heard in the land again. May women, men, young and old, walk in freedom again. Come, our God of peace and justice, recreate in us your own spirit, 
Come, O God of peace, dwell among us anew until we become like you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Sister Wamuyu, co-president, Pax Christi International, for making our time, in spite of your crowded engagements, to share your wisdom and your inspiration with us. And thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening to African Catholic Voices. And we ask you, wherever you are, be strong in your faith, be courageous in hope, be faithful and fervent in love. Let us together take care of each other. Let us take care of this beautiful earth, our home, and hold on to love, faith, and hope. We hope to see you again next week for another interesting episode of African Catholic Voices. Until then, may the hand of the Lord be upon you and peace and love to you. Bye. Oh